What's up, guys? Emergency episode of the 40 Minutes in Hell podcast. Jackson Heil, Ryan Gregware here with you. Oh, I'm still trying to collect my thoughts and my emotions were about, I mean, maybe 18 hours after the finish of maybe the greatest college basketball game to ever be played between Gonzaga and UCLA. One of the greatest moments in the tournament's history, Jalen Suggs hitting that 40-foot runner off the glass with no time on the clock in overtime to send Gonzaga to the national championship game, go to 31-0. But, oh, man, Ryan, I can't say enough about this game as a whole in general because, listen, we can talk about the shot, and we will, because it was incredible. And there were so many underlying things that just made this moment just out of this world, but on the whole, one of the greatest 45 minutes of basketball I've I've seen in a long time. And UCLA's played some great games in this tournament. The, the Alabama ending, people will remember forever for sure. The Michigan game went down to the wire. They went to overtime in the first four, but n- nothing compares to the the level of play between these two teams last night it's simply one of the best games I've ever seen with one of the greatest endings in the sports history yeah I think when you texted me last night and you said we should do an emergency pod I think that was the biggest lock of all time Mm -hmm. I don't think I've said yes anything easier ever in my life just an incredible game from start to finish it wasn't even just the ending as we'll get into like 10 minutes into the game we were like oh boy like this is a real game especially after the stinker in game one I was really hoping for a good game because you know, it would have been it would have been tough if we had just two blowouts. Um, the first game, I don't know if we'll get into that, but it was pretty much over from the start. Baylor dominated, and I was expecting the same from Gonzaga. I thought UCLA had got lucky throughout this process, went on a miracle run, but I was very wrong. You know, they they fought Gonzaga to the end. Obviously, they were a real team. You know, Mick Cronin said before the game that this isn't a Cinderella. This is a legit you know team that can win a tournament. And he was 100% right. This was no Cinderella. This wasn't your loyal Chicago making a miracle run. This wasn't Oregon State this year. This was a basketball team that could have easily won this game. And just one last thing before we get into everything this game, you know, Kenny Smith, who is on the on the analyst job at halftime, says that he believes this game was going to come down to whoever had the ball last. And I kind of just laughed it off. I said, you know, Gonzaga's up one. I figure – they're going to pull away, and man, was he right. You know, that's why he has that job, because it really did just come down to who had the ball last and an amazing shot by Suggs to end the game. I mean, I honestly agree with him at the time, because, like, I, I think just from watching the first 20 minutes, like, it was clear that UCLA was here to play. Like, they weren't just in the game because they were hitting some crazy high-level shots and getting lucky, to be honest. I honestly thought that's why they were in the game in the first half against Michigan because Johnny Juzang was hitting everything and they were getting stops because Michigan was inept offensively. I mean, yes, Juzang was incredible again. I mean, 29 points. Shout out to him in general for one of the greatest runs from an individual I've ever seen in college basketball in this tournament. But they it was a group effort from UCLA and I tweeted this out yesterday but I think that UCLA had pretty much a perfect game plan for Mick Cronin in terms of the way they were able to keep Gonzaga's guards out of the paint love the way they were switching ball screens and then 
on the offensive end, they were getting so many great sets and looks for Juzang throughout the entire night. And one of the sets they were running towards the end, they were running this back screen pin down for him that he was getting look after look at, and Gonzaga had no answer for it. And it took a perfect game plan. It took perfect execution from these guys. I mean, you look at some of the stat lines put together. I mean, Tiger Campbell was awesome with 17 and seven. Juzang with 29 points and six boards. Uh, Jaime Jaquez, who is one of the best defenders UCLA has, goes for 19-5-4. And, and how about Cody Riley? Like, we talked about Drew Timmy being an impossible matchup for them, and Cody Riley was maybe the best counterpart we've seen to Drew Timmy all year. 14 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, doing everything on the floor offensively and defensively. And to me, this tells you how good Gonzaga is because they still found a way to win this game. And that's what great teams do even when they don't have their best night shooting the ball, which Gonzaga, they, they were awesome in the paint. I mean, they found ways to score. They shot 58% from the field, and I still don't think they had a great offensive night, to be quite honest with you, because I thought they were forcing shots from the perimeter. They took 21 threes, which isn't too significant, but that's nearly 33% of their shots. Um, they didn't shoot the ball off from the free throw line. They were 12 of 20, and they still find a way to win because great players make great plays, and that's exactly – what Jalen Suggs did last night, and it, it was incredible. Yeah, um, the reason I did think that Gonzaga would pull away after that first half is I thought UCLA played the best basketball they could, and I just didn't think they could sustain that. And them being down, even while playing that well, I thought it would catch up to them. But they kept up the pace the entire game, and it never got to over seven. You know, this is a Gonzaga team that had won 20-plus double-digit games by double digits, and UCLA didn't even let them lead by that at any point in the game. So you have to give them a ton of credit for there. And you talked about how awesome Cody Riley is. And, you know, he had a great game, the double-double. But I still think at the end of the day, what I'm going to remember from his game, unfortunately for him, is his block attempt that Jalen Suggs is able to block. I think there's about a minute, two minutes of play in a tie game in the fourth in the, or with the uh, regulation. And Suggs blocks him and then runs down and throws a beautiful – you know, cross-court bounce pass. And I don't know if this is me getting ahead of myself. I Actually, I do. I know it's me getting ahead of myself. But in that moment, I was like, I would draft this guy first overall, no doubt. I would <laughs> draft him over Cade Cunningham. I saw Cade shoot six for 20 in this tournament, and I see Jalen Suggs do things like this. Obviously, that's reactionary in the moment. But I think that just speaks to how talented Suggs is as a whole. And you talked about great players make, you know, big plays and stuff. And that's exactly what he did. Also, I think Joe Ayayi needs a big shout-out here for Gonzaga. 22 for him. Um, you know, he did a great job. I think he had a ton of points early. He kept them, you know, because UCLA was making every shot early. So he kept pace with them. And then, you know, Suggs was able to take over. Timmy had, I think, six or eight in overtime. So I want to – it was a group effort for Gonzaga. It wasn't just the Suggs show. I think he, he was only their third or fourth leading scorer. You know, Timmy had 25 and Ayayi had 20-plus. So just a balanced effort overall, and they were able to overcome a UCLA team who is ready from tip to battle. So Jalen Suggs, um, a few things on him, because I thought he made maybe the dumbest play of the game with like four minutes left where Cody Riley catches the ball in the post. For some reason, Suggs goes to help ball side corner off of the hottest shooter in America in Johnny Juzang, kicks it out, hits a three, UCLA goes up to, they call a timeout. And I'm just, I'm sitting there stunned as to like, what the hell is he doing? I mean, because listen, mind lapses happen, but to leave that guy alone 
is is pretty remarkable. And Mark Few calls a timeout, and, and great players come back from mistakes like that. And the next possession, Suggs hits a tough fall away in the lane, which people forget about because of what happens on the very next possession. He hits a fall away, which, like, that's a tough shot to hit after making a mistake like that. But that's what gamers do, and you mentioned it. This will go down as arguably the best sequence in, in the history of college basketball from an individual player recovering off a screen and roll, blocking Riley, which, by the way, was a clean block. Yep. I, I don't care what you say. That was a clean block. If, if he nicked his hand, sorry, hands part of the ball for the most part. And the, the part of the hand he hit was basically the ball. So one of the most athletic plays of all time. And then that, like, Jalen Suggs has made passes like that before. He's maybe made better passes, but in the moment to have the audacity and the confidence to throw nearly a half-court diagonal bounce pass in transition through traffic to a 6'9 big in Drew Timmy, I don't know what else to say. Like, that was unbelievable. And that's one that's one of those plays you'll remember forever. Like you obviously will remember the the shot to win it because moments like that don't happen all the time. But I mean that was incredible. And and then let's talk about the end of regulation too, because I, I know we have been on this podcast talking about how the charge rule is just the worst. And and I, I couldn't agree more with it, but I got to give credit to the officials because I think they made the right call pretty clearly. Timmy takes his time, gets out of the lane. I was stunned Juzang didn't pull up for a mid-range shot because that was that has literally been a shot. Get to the elbow, hit the mid-range jumper. That has been Johnny Juzang's bread and butter this entire tournament in addition to being a catch-and-shoot three guy. But for some reason, Kispert went the other way because um, – what's his face? Suggs was icing the ball screen. Juzang attacks. And give Drew Timmy a ton of credit, man. He was awesome all night. 11 of 15 from the field, 25 points, four rebounds. He dominated in overtime. But the, the best play he made all night was making sure he was out of the lane, stepping up, and taking a charge to preserve Gonzaga's season. And coaches love that, of course. And I mean, listen, I don't love the charge. I've been very vocal about that. I think it's a bad – rule for basketball I don't like the way coaches coach it but by rule it, it was absolutely the right call and by rule it was maybe the most important play of the night that kind of gets lost in the fold because of so many other things that happened yeah it was one of the three top moments that we talked about the other two and Timmy takes that charge with four fouls you know yeah. it's like you don't know what's going to happen and when you're one out from getting out of there to put your body on the line it's a gutsy move. Uh, Juzang did miss the shot anyway, so it would have been interesting there. But if they call a foul on Timmy, then he's out of the game. Juzang probably makes the free throws, and we're looking at a UCLA-Baylor game. So, you know, you have to give Timmy a ton of credit, and that just shows the magnitude of this game, Jackson, that mm -hmm. that's a moment that doesn't lead the show at all. You know, it's a controversial call. It's a huge one in the game, and it's the third moment we mentioned. I mean, it, I think it just speaks volumes to – this game, and I do also want to, you know, shout out this game because I think it was so big for the tournament. Obviously, it was awesome getting it back, but we didn't have a game like this at all, even close. I think, I don't know, UCLA had probably played in the game of the tournament the last two or three games with Bama and Michigan, and they do it again here. And this is one that we'll remember forever. You know, it's why we're doing an emergency podcast. 
so many moments. There were 19 different lead changes in this game, um, 15 ties. So when you, when you have a game like that, it's one you always remember and one just filled with moments. Jay Billis said this on ESPN, and I, I was thinking the same thing when the game finished, but like UCLA beats any other team in the country playing like that, including Baylor, I think. But because it's Gonzaga, because of how great they are, and because of the way they were able to play, Gonzaga's in the national championship game. And just an unbelievable finish to an unbelievable game. Um, Corey Kispert had a, had a poster that doesn't get talked about enough. And Kispert struggled, too, this entire yeah. game. I mean, 6 of 13 from the field, 2 of 8 from 3, 15 points. Did have 5 assists, and I, I thought the way he was able to battle, he made some big plays down the stretch, one of them being that putback layup in the final minute to put Gonzaga back in front by two. But there were just so many different moments in this game. And there's one thing I want to point out that I thought UCLA didn't execute down the stretch. And that was attacking Drew Timmy more because he had four fouls with 441 left in regulation. And they went to him a little bit at the end of regulation. But in overtime, they did not work through Riley on the post nearly enough. And – Give Cody Riley credit. He hit a few mid-range jumpers in overtime, which were pretty incredible. Um, and I don't think he missed a mid-range jumper all game. But the fact that you have Drew Timmy, who's like far and wide the most important player on the floor. And I, I said this on the last podcast, but he's my player of the year, personally, mm-hmm. with his ability to take over games in different ways. The fact that you can't attack him and get him out of the game and give Mark Few some credit, too, because there were – timeouts that he used strategically to get him out of the game to save him on a few defensive possessions and things of that nature. But that was the one thing I didn't like from UCLA. They did not attack him on the post enough through Riley, especially during a game where Riley was so dominant. And if they get him out of the game in overtime, who knows what happens? Like I think UCLA probably wins the game if they get Drew Timmy out of the game because Gonzaga's guards had a ton of trouble getting into the paint. The only guy who was really successful at doing so late in the game was Nemhard. And I, I don't know if Gonzaga is able to win a game in the last three minutes without Drew Timmy. And so that's my one criticism of Mick Cronin and UCLA, but they don't deserve any criticism at all, to be honest. They're, they're, that was a championship performance. That was a championship level game. And it's one that we'll talk about. I do want to pose this question to you. Does this rank as the best game you've ever seen? Because I think when I think of, over the last five years especially, like there's three games that stand out. Uh, Nova, North Carolina in 2016, that's an obvious one. Uh, for me, last our last tournament, Virginia, Purdue, that's one of those games I'll remember like where I was watching the Diakite shot, watching that performance by Carson Edwards just dominate. And then there's this one. And I think, honestly, like you can debate between these last two, but just given the magnitude of the moment, the magnitude of the shot, from Suggs, I think this ranks as the best game I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I it, it is tough. I don't want to, de- I don't want to degrade those other games because, like you talked about that uh, that UVA game, I'll never forget the Carson Edwards shots. You talk about Chris Jenkins' shot, obviously, will go down in history, just like Suggs' shot. I personally, it was the most fun I had watching a basketball game from start to finish, mm-hmm. not even just the moments, because I think moments can be debated, right? You know, I've seen a lot of debate today, Jenkins shot, Suggs shot, which was better, which is more, you know, iconic and all that stuff. But from a full game perspective, I was 
glued to my seat from tip off to the end and it never disappointed you know there were shots falling from the second tip went down and so me personally I'll give it best game of all time I'm just lucky we got it but not to preview too much here with the game coming up but I expect Baylor and Gonzaga not to be maybe this fun but a lot of fun because I don't think we're done with iconic moments that will remember forever. It sucks because we're getting Gonzaga Baylor right after a game that is impossible to live up to. Yeah. And this is, this is supposed to be the game real. I would say game of the decade, honestly, between Gonzaga and Baylor. Um, the most anticipated national championship for me since I've been like a big college basketball fan. And that's not even a question to be quite honest with you. And for me, it's hard to pick against Gonzaga, obviously, but it's just as hard to pick against Baylor right now. And and you talked about, I mean, they murdered Houston from start to finish. And that was a team in Houston who I thought were no slouches personally. Like I thought that was a team that would give Gonzaga potentially trouble, maybe even Baylor trouble. But then again, they go up by 25 at halftime. Jared Butler has his game of the tournament. Davion Mitchell with 11 assists and no turnovers, this is going to be just an awesome game. Two teams that are stylistically very similar. They love to run the floor. The only difference being Gonzaga is the most efficient team ever inside the arc. Baylor, the best three-point shooting team in the nation. I'm fascinated to see the guard play in this game because Baylor's got the best guards in the country, in my opinion. Butler, Mitchell, Macy Oteague, Adam Flagler. Those four guys are better than – even the four that Gonzaga have, I think, in Suggs, Nemhard, Ayayi, and Cook. And, and for that reason, I'm like, I, I really think Baylor can win this game. But to me, the X factor, it's the same thing it's been throughout this entire tournament. And I've said this for a long time. How do you find a way to stop Drew Timmy? Because I don't know if Baylor has the answer to that. Flo Thamba, Chamo Chachua, I don't know if those are the guys that can pick up the bell when it comes to defending Drew Timmy. I, I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup because it's really something that Timmy hasn't seen all year in that type of like unique athleticism, not the height because he saw Evan Mobley and took him to town, but the level of work rate and athleticism from everyday John and Flo Thamba and potentially doubling with guards on him could be interesting. So, I, I mean, this has a potential to be even better than the Gonzaga-UCLA game. And I don't say that lightly because Gonzaga-UCLA was the best game I've ever seen. But with the styles, the tempo, the contrasting offensive efficiency numbers, and two teams that are really good defensively too, it's a dream matchup we've been looking forward to towards December. And I, I don't want to pick a winner. I know we picked Gonzaga on the last podcast, but um, I'm going to say this. I will enjoy this game no matter what happens. and. And I will win a lot of money if Gonzaga <laughs> is ends up winning. And I'll have no reservations whatsoever if Baylor wins this game and it's an awesome game because that, that's just how good these two teams are. That's how good this college basketball season is. And we deserve this. Frankly, we <laughs> freaking deserve this after everything we've been through this season. Yeah, I think the fact that you just said that you just watched the best game ever and that you think the one we have tomorrow could be better, like that's not even a crazy statement, which is insane to think about. This has been the matchup all year. We talked about it on every show. It's been Gonzaga-Baylor at the top all year. You know, Baylor has COVID. They fall down a little. They remind us 
towards the end of the year, and especially this tournament, that they deserve to be in that conversation. We got teased with this game because it was supposed to happen in, I think, early December. There's some COVID issues. They have to cancel it. They try to reschedule it. I think after the game, they asked Mark Few or Scott Drew, one of them, you know, that they were very close to rescheduling it. So I think it was destined that it got rescheduled for the national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going off, you know, just the eye test from what we just saw, you would pick Baylor after they dismantled Houston. They shoot 11 for 24 from three, and that's how good they've been all year. That's no fluke at all. But I'm going to have to stick with, you know, my preseason pick and who we have both been picking every episode of this podcast in Gonzaga. And I just think, you know, I don't think you can win a game like that against UCLA and come out and not win at all. I've seen some people think they'll come out flat because it's an emotional game. But I don't think that's what this Gonzaga team is. You saw Mark Few display basically no emotion after that. You know, he knows that the job isn't finished. And the other aspect I love about this game is you're getting a Scott Drew, Mark Few, you know, a lot. Neither of them really got through the hump before. So one of them is going to break through. It's awesome. I still, you know, my wallet is going to be rooting for Gonzaga, just like you. Um, But I think we're going to get a great game. And I know we're going to get entertained because this really has been the dream matchup all season. If you've been following college basketball, if you're just a fan in general, this is what you were rooting for. I don't care about the name brands because I saw some people saying that this stinks without the name recognition of the Dukes and Kentuckys. But those people, those aren't real college basketball fans because these have been the two best teams all year. And we'll finally have an answer to see who is number one. Those people are morons. I'm not going to give those people any time of day because you clearly haven't watched a single minute from either of these teams this year, if that's what you truly believe. But Gonzaga Baylor Monday night, final college hoops game of the year and should be the best one of the year between two best teams. This is how people want it. You want a matchup between the two best teams in college basketball to decide a national champion. And that's what we're going to get on Monday night. And I love that you pointed out the few versus Scott Drew, like someone's going to get, a national championship for the first time and two guys who are very deserving of one either way. And, and regardless of what happens, I'll always be thankful that we get this game because man, <laughs> these kids have fought through a lot this year to get to this point. Um, and, and that would be easy to say every year, but in a year with a pandemic and a year where it, no one knew we, if this would happen and, and we finally have arrived and Monday night will be the coronation of one of one of the two best college basketball teams ever, in my opinion. Uh, like Gonzaga or Baylor, whoever wins should be recognized as one, as one of maybe the top five college basketball teams of all time, personally. Because I think if Baylor doesn't have a COVID pause, they would have gone undefeated all the way through the end of the season. And we know Gonzaga has gone undefeated all the way through the end of the season. So should be a fun one. But that's an emergency podcast. First off, well, actually – I'll, we'll do it th- like this before we wrap it up. Um, I think Gonzaga is minus four right now, minus three and a half. I think it's four and a half. Three and a half, four and a half, whatever it is. I I think that's a as fair a spread as you're going to find for that. And not that there are unfair spreads because Vegas is Vegas and they get it right every time. But uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, four and a half. I think you got to take Gonzaga personally, but – I mean, Baylor's so freaking good, man. They're awesome. And if there's one team that matches up well with them and can play at their pace and dominate like that, it is Baylor. So it should be a fun one to watch. But 
from Ryan Gregware, Jackson Isle, emergency episode, emergency podcast. We'll have a national champion when we talk next. And it's an exciting time. And 40 Minutes of Help podcast is a production of WFUV Sports.